like to welcome you this morning to our Christmas celebration service. I would like to welcome you to stand to your feet with me as we open up in worship and prayer. Thank you, the Lord, for his goodness this whole year. Amen. As we close out, we want to just reflect on God's goodness and what he has done for us and what he continues to do even when we don't see it. His peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we just thank you so much for giving us the opportunity, Father, to be in your presence every single day, Father. Father, you've given us your son as a sacrifice on the cross that we may be here today, Father. Father, we want to be in your presence more and more. We want to hear from you every second, Father. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity that you give us to be in your presence, Father. Thank you for all you do. service today, Father, that you may have your way in everyone's heart, those that are here today, those that are watching online. Father, you have no limits, and we trust in your name. In the midst of the 
that surpasses all understanding for the Yeah. 
Let him hear you in the heavens. Holy, oh, raise it up. Are you Lord God? Oh, my IT. Oh, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Yes, you are. like to welcome those who are watching via Commitment Online and of course those who are here in person. Um, this is our annual Christmas celebration service which is a lot different than, than normal uh, just because of social distancing and spacing and all these different things and even many of you who would like to be here uh, we know you're not here. Uh, and what we do is just a little bit different on during this time. We want to insert some Christmas carols and things like that. Uh, but then the message is going to be in three parts today. Uh, it's going to be in three parts, uh, and we're still dealing with the, the subject matter, which is his peace, his peace. And what a wonderful and needed and necessary topic to navigate through, especially during this uh, current condition that we're all facing uh, as individuals and not to mention as a nation. So if we can bow our heads as we enter this time and this section of our message. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to sing holy is the lamb. The lamb who came to take all of our sins away, who entered our space and time as a humble baby boy. And now we just turn to you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we just pray that you will now speak to our hearts through the authority of your word. And as we just segment uh, today's message. I pray as we reflect on some traditional Christmas carols that we would just sense your presence here among us physically, but then also your presence from home to home and heart to heart. Spirit of the living God, please come and do what you do best. Help me to help your people, God, to hear from you clearly. Lord, that your peace is so accessible and available to each one of us, no matter who we are, young, old, rich, poor, no matter the race, culture, or socioeconomic class, your peace is available to us all. Spirit of the living God, again, please come to do what you do best and instruct us in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned to you uh, last week, I have learned personally that the peace of God is immeasurable, it is invaluable, and it also must be guarded and protected. Because there's so many people and situations that will enter your life or you would experience that will try to rob you of your peace, right? There will be, uh, again, circumstances in life, seasons in life that will come to try to snatch what God has provided for you as a follower of Jesus Christ. But then there may be some people who are watching who may not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this peace is eluding you and you can't 
uh, put your finger on it or have a pulse on it. My hope is in this series, you too will be able to embrace and enjoy the peace of God that is available to everyone who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this peace of God is that it is essential when it comes to relationships. It's essential when it comes to your emotional stability. It's essential for your spiritual well-being and your spiritual growth. But here's the other beautiful thing about uh, God's peace. It's available to you. And matter of fact, he has made it accessible to you. And, and there's no cat and mouse game, if you would, that God is playing when it comes to the peace of God. But it is always, it's never ending, we're learning, and it's always increasing. God's peace never ends, but yet it always increases over time as you continue to draw closer and closer to Jesus Christ. So again, the question I want to pose to you today is, do you have this peace? Do you have this peace, which is easily, believe it or not, accessible to all of us who believe? So if we can, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7 real quickly. These are our foundational verses. And then we're going to turn to some other portions of Scripture as we, again, navigate through this part of today's lesson. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse number 1, it says this, But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on he should make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 2, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. Key, key, key verse there. They will be glad in your presence, capital Y, meaning the presence of God through Christ. As with gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor as a battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult, a cloak rolled in blood will be, burn, will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to hold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So God zealously wants to accomplish this in all of our lives. Make sense? So let's now transition into Again, the reminder of what is this peace we're talking about? What is this peace we're talking about? And as I give you a reminder of what kind of peace we're talking about, you can turn now to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. So as you turn in there, here's the reminder. The reminder of this word peace means this, shalom, right? It's the greeting of shalom that in old times the, the church used to greet each other. And even today, uh, uh, Hasidic Jews and other uh, those who are following the Jewish culture will still greet each other by saying shalom. I remember last week I said, we, meaning followers of Jesus Christ, we greet each other by saying things like, I'm blessed. 
I'm blessed. And remember many times when we use the term I'm blessed, it's hinged upon what God has just given me, right? You have a bad day, chances are you won't walk into a church building saying what? I'm blessed, right? So, but what Shalom says is this, that I am complete. I am sound. I have welfare, health, prosperity, tranquility, peace from war, peace with God, especially in a covenant relationship. So think about this. I have peace with God, which means I also have what? Peace with man. Peace with God means peace with man. Peace with man uh, can also mean what? Peace with God. So this peace that God gives us is forevermore. It is for our past. It is for our present. It is also for our future. When God gives peace, it's not only peace in the moment. It's not only peace in your current condition. It is also peace from the pains of your past, pain, pains in your present, and future pains and concerns that, that keep you up at night for your future. Right? So we find also in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, is that this peace has no end. It's no end. The words no end means this, no end of time and space to his peace. There's no finish to his peace. Think about this. There's no time to his peace. There's no space to his peace. There's no finish to his peace. So in other words, again, his peace is enduring. It's enduring. It's not constrained by space or time. And that's how we live. We live day to day by what? Space and time. But the scriptures are reminding you and I that this peace has no time, has no space connected to it. It is perpetual, past, present, future. Makes sense. And there's no finish to his peace. So when he gives you his peace, he go, he's going to do what? Continue to give his peace. Continue to give his peace. There is no deadline to his, his, his peace. Why? Why? This is the first answer to this, the question of there's no end to his peace. Why is there no end to his peace? So in this first section, I would like to give you the answer to the question, why is there no end to his peace? If again, again, turn to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four gives us clarity as it relates to why there is no end to his peace. Verse six says this, Philippians four, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, most people who are stressed out, right, normally kind of stop with that verse or those two verses, right? You, most people can recite that part of this particular chapter. But this is where the meat uh, comes in, in verse number eight. It says, but finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, right? Now you see the transition. So if you're anxious, pray, thanksgiving, keeping a heart of thanks. And then he says what? The peace of God will be with you, but it gets better. Verse nine, it says this, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice this thing. And then what happens? Then the God of peace will be with you. See the transition. It goes from peace be with you or the peace of God be with you, but then the author and the perfecter of peace can what? Be with you. Not just peace, but the God of peace. So why is this peace 
uh, 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 unending or does not end, it's because this peace is God. God was, God is, God will always be. You follow me? God was, God is, God will always be. So this peace that we're talking about today is not hinged upon what you have, what you don't have, who you have or who you don't have, but it's because of God and because it is God, God is what? Peace. Say it with me today. God is what? Peace. He's peace. So let's go further. This word peace mentioned here in Philippians 4.9, it's, it's, from, it's from another Greek word, that starts by defining it the same way as shalom, as I mentioned to you earlier. But it also goes deeper by saying this shalom provides, this is important, national tranquility. Just saying. <laughs> national tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc of war, security, safety, but then also it says prosperity. Then it transitions in this way. It then says that it is the way that leads to peace. In other words, salvation. Right? Because you can have national tranquility, but be unsaved and still live a life of torment. You can have money in your bank, bank account, spilling over. But if you do not have salvation, you will what? Lack peace. It's the state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ and fearing nothing from God. Do you hear that? Fearing nothing from God. Fearing nothing from God. And content with this earthly lot. Connected to salvation, I don't fear God, which somehow translates into contentment with whatever lot I am experiencing today. It says, of whatsoever sort that is. So think about that. Just let that resonate in your heart and mind today. Salvation equates, I don't fear God anymore. I don't fear God anymore, which translates into this sense of contentment and no matter what lot I have or whatever sort that lot may be. This is the peace that God offers that can only be found in and through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 describes God's peace within his church. Listen to what it says. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So if God is in a church, there shouldn't be what? Well, at least if he's the head of the church, <laughs> there shouldn't be what? Confusion. It says, as in all the churches of the saints. Then Romans 15 verse 13 describes God's ability to fill us with peace. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So, if you look at that word all, it's actually attached to joy and peace. So he will give you all joy and what? All peace. Not partial peace, not conditional peace, not sometime peace. But it says all peace in believing. Why? 
Whenever you hear so that, you can just pose yourself the question in your mind, why? He gives me this joy. He gives me this peace in believing so that, or why? So that you will abound in hope. You need some hope. It begins with what? Joy and peace. So that you will abound in hope by, guess who? The power of the Holy Spirit, which connects to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, right? Power of the Holy Spirit who lives in each one of us who believe is what? Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. This is what God provides each one of us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Peace that's enduring because God is peace. Let's stand to our feet as we continue to reflect on the peace of God.
we're continuing in our second section of today's um, message, um, His Peace, His Peace. is never ending, always increasing. Never ending, always increasing. If you can now open your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 26 and 27 as our primary verse. And then we're going to uh, look at uh, some other supporting verses. John chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. There's no end to his peace. Why? Why is there not an end to the peace of God? Why is there not an end to the peace of God? Well, our first point we uncovered is because this peace is whom? God. It is God himself who imparts this peace through the power of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and minds and lives of those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So John chapter 14, verse 26, answers this, the, this same question of why does this peace have no end? Uh, it answers it the second way for us today. Verse 26, again, it says, but the helper who is, who is whom, right? The Holy Spirit again, right? Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Don't be troubled. Don't be fearful. Because peace is here with you. Amen? So why is there no end to his peace? It's because he leaves it behind for us. He leaves us peace. So if you don't believe that God is peace, the next thing you probably can believe today is that God leaves his peace for you. Let's go deeper here. Two key words, the word leave and the word give. You find in verse 27 in John chapter 14. The word leave means this, to leave behind one. Think about that. To leave behind one. So what God did not do, he did not leave behind something. Are you with me? That's important to understand. Remember, because if we tie in the first point, the peace is whom? God. He left himself. He left his Holy Spirit. He left the comforter. He left the third part of the Trinity, the third person in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God whom? the Holy Spirit. So he says, this peace I leave you, it says to leave behind one. He left someone behind, not something behind. And that's important to underscore because you don't receive or you're not left with part of him, but you're left with all of him. The next word is the word give. It means to give someone something to their own advantage. So look at that for a minute. So God leaves one, his Holy Spirit, the helper. He leaves peace for what? It says for your advantage. The next part of that definition to give means to supply, to furnish. And it also means to appoint in the office. So think about this with me and imagine with me. I always tell people, especially when they get married, I say, listen, please understand and never forget that there's a place in your heart only reserved for Jesus. Amen. That your husband and your wife will always try to dethrone. Wow. 
Same thing with children, right? It's like, I, I hear mothers say this all the time. I didn't know I can love someone this much. Well, you should love someone more. You with me? Uh, the unfortunate thing, some people even place animals above Jesus. Place possessions above Jesus. How do we know that? When they are no longer with you, it changes who you are. When that is disturbed, then you're no longer who you used to be. He gives us Christ. He gives us his spirit for our advantage to entrust us with him, but to always keep his office. We're to share what he leaves behind. We're to share this peace, believe it or not. It's not for us to just have for ourselves and not give it away. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 16 through 18 describes it this way. Be of the same mind toward one another. It's kind of like saying, be, be at peace with each other. Do not be haughty in mind, which says, don't be too full of yourself. Because I believe peace keeps you balanced because you know where everything comes from. It says, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Verse 17, Romans 12. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Now, anyone in the Greek means anyone. Okay? There's no underlying definition of what anyone means. Okay? And anyone means enemies, and it's going to get to that as well, fr friends or foe. Okay? It says, again, never repay evil with evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. Can you imagine if all races and cultures got this? That we respect each other, right? Just saying. Verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you. It's kind of like God is playing with us there. He says, if possible. No, it's possible because he also says, so far as it depends on you. You follow me? In other words, someone can, uh, can not be at peace with you, but you control you. So, so far as it depends on you, not them, you be at peace with what? All men, even if they're not at peace with you. Right? And then, listen to this. How does this peace kind of look? Verse 19, 20, 21 describes it. It says, never take your own revenge, <laughs> beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let God handle it. He's better at it. Verse 20 says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink, for in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, there's balance to this, right? Because if there's abuse and so forth and so on that goes on in there, you may need, <laughs> you may affectionately need to leave the food outside. In other words, there's wisdom in it. 
right? You don't let someone in that's going to hurt you even more, but you, pro you provide wisdom and balance around you that says, I'll feed you, I'll clothe you. In other words, I'm not going to retaliate, right? I'm not going to give you what you gave me. That's really what it's kind of saying to us. But listen to what it says. But do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how we exercise peace. But then he left his kingdom of peace, Romans 14, 17 through 19. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not all about possessions. It's not all about getting stuff from the king. Right? It's not all about getting stuff from the king. It says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing that righteousness and peace and joy seems to always be connected somewhere around there? Amen. You can't have joy without peace. You can't be righteous without peace. You can't be peace without righteous, right? Verse 18, for the one who serves in this way is acceptable to God and approved by other men. So then, we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. So we always seek peace, right? Even when it's difficult, at the end of the day, it could be turbulent all around you, but remember we talked about this. We're either thermometer Christians or thermostat Christians. Thermometer, right, controlled by its environment. Or we could become peacemakers who are thermostats. When we step in the room, peace arrives. Even in the most complex situation, even when you have to make tough decisions with relationships, you still can do it peacefully. Because you're the thermostat. This peace will never end because, listen, it is left to share and it is established by our Lord. Amen? Amen? Let's stand to our feet as we continue to worship today. your knees. 
by his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star, sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from enjoying those Christmas carols? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to sit back and reflect on just, you know, the nostalgia of it as well is super important, I think. If you're joining us at this time, uh, what we have done is segmented today's message in three parts. And we've been answering the question, uh, why does God's peace never end? And we, we answered it with the first answer, and that is, it's because it is God. This peace we're talking about is God. And then secondly, we just uncovered that this peace is never ends because he leaves it behind and he leaves himself behind through the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who lives within each one of us. And it is our responsibility to share this peace abroad, not just during the Christmas season, but honestly, during those seasons of life that you just don't like and you just don't appreciate with the people you just don't like and you just don't appreciate. Somehow we need to find wisdom and balance to be able to still let God take care of the vengeance, let God deal with the difficulties in the relationships, but ultimately live at peace. You be at peace so far as it depends on you because you can only control you, right? You and I must control ourselves and be at peace. And then we're going to answer it with our third uh, question, our third answer to our question. If you can turn with me to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. And we won't read them all 
uh, all the verses, but we'll just kind of skim over them. But I encourage you to go back and digest this chapter because it, it's fun-filled uh, with, I believe, those answers to the question, why does God's peace never end? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And I'm going to read just excerpts, if you don't mind. Verse 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Verse 6 and 7, it says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life and not according to the traditions which you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. But then if you skip to verse numbers 11 through uh, 8 through 11 again, let's continue. It says, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any one of you. Not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you will follow our example. Listen to verse 10. It says, for even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Does that make you mad? <laughs> Just saying. So it's going to make sense when we circle back. Verse 13. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. Right? And then if you skip to verse number 14 and 15. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace. Now let's back up to verse 14. We've got to read that. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter... Take special note of that person and do not associate with them so that he will be put to shame. Then verse 15. Yet do not regard him as an enemy. You see the balance. But admonish him as a brother. Now, I gave you about one, two, three, four, five, six complex, complex relational issues. Okay, life issues. The first is this. How do you live and deal with the evil one, meaning the devil, who would try to come to steal and rob you of your peace? Secondly, how do you navigate the peace of God when you're dealing with uh, God's love and understanding his love and his steadfastness, right? And we, we try to navigate through that some way, somehow, and many times we, we run into roadblocks and hiccups. But then you see it, that in verse 6 and 7, this necessary spiritual discipline that we're all called to. How do I peacefully, you know, navigate through spiritual discipline with, with consistency, right? And not even making it religious. How do I even work and even deal with people who don't work? 
How do you continue to do good when good is not happening to you? Then lastly, verse 14 and 15, how do I deal with when I now need to disassociate myself with people? See how it can be rocky? But then let's look at verse, 15, uh, verse uh, 16. It says, Now, after all that stuff, may the Lord of peace himself, no one else, but the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. against the evil one, against evil people, against tough relational issues, against times at work, times when people don't work, right? Because those are real life issues, aren't they? Yes. How do I maintain peace? Well, see, the beautiful thing about this is that God's peace doesn't end because it's infinite. See, infinite goes beyond just it lasts a long time, but it lasts in every circumstance. See, infinitely, when you think of the word infinite, again, in our way of thinking of infinite, it's like, oh, it's just enduring. It just keeps going. No, it keeps going in every situation with every person at all times. It's infinite. Let's go deeper. You see, there's two key words you find in verse 16. May the Lord of peace himself continually grant the word continually means this throughout indefinite time throughout time you hear that see there it goes again it is throughout every situation throughout life throughout any encounter that you may have the an indefinite time and throughout all times so he will continually give you over and over and over and over again in every situation, he will give you his peace. Continually give it to you. But here's the beautiful thing. It says in, his, in, in every circumstance. In every circumstance means this, in every way. In every way. There used to be a restaurant when I was growing up used to say, have it your way. Remember the commercial? Have it your way. In other words, you can, you can order that hamburger however you choose to order the hamburger, even though on their menu it says this is the way it comes. And I believe that's the beauty of God's peace is that his peace may look uh, one way in one situation and look another way in another situation. And that's so important to embrace and it's so important to allow God that liberty in your life. Because a lot of times we try to compartmentalize God and say, well, God's peace showed up this way that time. I'm sure he's going to show up this way this time. He will show up, but he will show up in a way that it is necessary to show up in that situation. And he's the best one to determine how it should show up in every way. Isaiah 54 verses 6 through 10 describes God's infinite peace with one word, with one word. But it takes several verses to read to find it. 
It says, for the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken. Do you hear this? You hear the intimacy. He has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit. Even like a wife of one's youth, when she is rejected, says your God. So if this fits you, apply it. For a brief moment, I abandon you, but with great compassion, I will gather you. In an outburst burst of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting favor, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 9, for this is like the days of Noah to me, when I swore that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again. So I have sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains may be removed, do you hear this? And the hills may shake, but my favor will not be removed from you, nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Verse 10 is where you find the key word, covenant. My covenant will not ever be shaken. The word covenant means this, my alliance or my friendship between God and man will never ever be shaken. No matter how you feel, no matter what you go through, no matter what you're thinking, no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what is happening today, no matter what you have concern for in the future, if you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, your friendship between God will never be shaken. Amen. Will never be shaken. And right, and that, that should then translate into what? Peace. You see, this peace we're talking about will never end. It continues in every circumstance. You know why? Because he's our friend. <laughs> it, it's that practical. Is that because of the finished work of Jesus Christ you and I are friends with God. Let me end with this. You see, when it, look, when it comes to peace, we search for peace as an artist seeks the perfect portrait of peace. You see, if you had a contest and you said, okay, I want every artist in this area to submit their definition or their portrait of peace. I'm sure you have all different kinds of variations, right? Because it's through their personal lens. But what an artist may forget is this, is that even though you're in search, uh, you're, you have this quest of finding this perfect image of peace, is not even far removed further than the closest mirror. Today, Do you know if you have God's peace? This is how you can determine it, very simply. When you look in a mirror, who or what do you see? When you wake up every single morning, go to bed at night, you look at the person in the mirror, 
Who or what do you see? Most people see dissatisfaction. Most people see failure. Most people see unfinished. Most people see loser, defeated. You see, it's not until you begin to look in the mirror and you begin to see confidence. See, it's not confidence in you, but it's your confidence in your friendship with God. When you look yourself in the mirror, do you confidently see yourself as a friend of God? Not as someone's husband, not as someone's wife, not as someone's friend on this earth, but do you see yourself as a non-negotiable friend of God? You see, a friend of God understands this, that Christ is always with me. So that's where confidence comes. When you look yourself in the mirror and you say, okay, I'm cool today. You know why? Christ is with me. Yes, I may not have the, the perfect eyes, the, you know, the perfect hair. I may be losing hair. Yeah, I may be not physically like, looking like I used to. Maybe not having the perfect smile, perfect nose, the perfect ears. But I have the perfect friend. And everybody must get to that point in their lives that they look themselves in the mirror and they have great confidence, not in themselves, but because they know Jesus is always with them. Somebody once said this, peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. Let me read it again. Peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. Let's pray. Today, you may not think that Jesus is with you always, but it can change starting today. Today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, well, chances are you look at yourself in the mirror in two ways. One, you are overconfident. No, that you're confident in yourself, not in him. Or you look at yourself and you do see yourself as a loser, you know, a reject. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I don't have the right figure. All these different things that ultimately robs you of your peace. Jesus is your answer. Today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, this is no better opportunity. All you need to do is just pray this simple prayer with me, and it goes like this. Jesus, forgive me, because I've sought after peace in other people and other things. 
open and I'll realize that you, Jesus, you're my answer. Forgive me, Jesus, for seeking other things and other people before you. But I now know that you came to die. You came to be buried and you rose again from the grave, Jesus, just for me. And you left me with your peace. Jesus, please come into my heart, my life, to live forever from this day forward as I surrender my life completely to you. But then there are some under the sound of my voice or who are watching or are here today that maybe you've already prayed a prayer similar to that, but still you look in the mirror day after day, insecure, hopeless, helpless, frustrated, lacking contentment, afraid, lacking joy, wondering why you're struggling living for, for him in, in a righteous way. Could it be that you have forgotten or maybe you've never realized that your peace and confidence comes through your friendship with Christ? Maybe today you need to pause and ask Christ to forgive you because you've let other people, the words and the desires of approval of other people to cloud your judgment and steal your peace. You don't need affirmation from your husband or your wife or your mother or your father or your sisters or your brother. You don't need affirmation from an employer. You don't need affirmation from a friend. All you need to know is Jesus is your friend. Keep him in the office in which he deserves, and that is first place upon the throne of your heart. He's a friend that sticks closer to you than any brother. Though your mother and father and your friends forsake you, he will never forsake you. When you look in the mirror the next time, see yourself as a friend of God. See yourself as a friend of Christ. See yourself with great confidence knowing that wherever you go, Jesus goes with you, which means his peace will never leave you nor will it ever forsake you. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Um, what I'll, I'll do is, instead of going to the closing song, I will just stay here to let you know a couple of things real quickly. Is that, um, first of all, uh, today at 3.30, uh, we will be giving out toys to the community. All right. Uh, so we still are in need of uh, many toys, especially toys for older children, you know, teenager, you know, I guess it'd be like 14, 15, 16, so forth. Um, encourage you to do a couple of things, if you don't mind, is run to the store and go get some toys and come back. <laughs> or uh, if you can't do that, just go to the church app uh, and donate towards some toys and then the, to the, the church will be able to subsidize that. We probably won't be able to buy the toys for this uh, giveaway, but we're going to have a second giveaway 
which will be on Wednesday the 23rd at 7 p.m., okay? So whatever you give today electronically, it'll show up. And even if you give it, you know, in an envelope or a check, it'll sh we will note it by next week prior to. Uh, and then someone will go out and go shopping for the Wednesday giveaway, all right? So just encourage you to be generous. This is a great opportunity just to show some kids some love. Echelon Fitness uh, graciously chose us as one of their sites to give out toys. So they've been uh, collecting toys and we're picking them up. I think we picked up some yesterday. We picked up, we're gonna pick up some more on Wednesday day, all right? Um, but we also need the church to kind of, let's give, let's be generous and think about some other children, okay? Uh, and even encourage you to have your kids to go out. If you have children, grandchildren, inspire them to go out with you to be generous. The other part of that is your time, all right? We'd love for you to come back to serve, all right? Uh, come back an hour beforehand, so about 2.30 today. Um, come back to help uh, prepare to give out the toys. And we, we think we blocked out a couple of hours in both giveaways. So the giveaway will be about from 3.30 to 5.30 today, Sunday. And then the next will be from 7 on, on Wednesday the 23rd, from 7 to 9 p.m. So you arrive at 6 p.m. to serve, okay? With, with your mask on, if you need well, like gloves, it's okay to wear gloves as well. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, the toys um, unwrapped. So please don't worry about and stress out wrapping them um, just for safety. And then we can also know uh, what age group and category that toy should be assigned to. Make sense? All right. So we encourage you to do that. Um, and as always, uh, we thank you so much for your continuous uh, giving. Uh, those who are watching online as well as who are here today. And we just encourage you to continue to faithfully give towards the work because God is doing some amazing things. And we just believe God wants us, especially as we head into the new year, uh, as we look at our church budget, man, we want to be able to um, help sponsor, partially sponsor some kids to do some mission work. We want to be able to um, do some more outreach work that God has assigned for us to do both locally and globally. Uh, Lord willing, Corona will be over and then we can encourage people to go to visit uh, Columbia where our church is in Columbia, South America, as well as uh, South Africa, where our missionary Joyce Ray is. Um, I don't know if you'll remember the young couple who came and have a, have a missions uh, ministry in, in Columbia. Um, we're actually going to sponsor them as one of our missionaries also in Columbia. So there's a lot of things we want to do related to the kingdom of God, but we need your generous uh, gifts. So if you can, um, be, be mindful of that. Um, the ways you can give, again, traditionally, check, cash. You can um, uh, mail it in. You can drop it off and give it to a greeter on the way out. We have giving stations here in, in the sanctuary in the front and back for your area at all exit points. You can give online at commitmentchurch.org. Uh, you can give via the church app. Um, you can text to give now. There's all kinds of ways to do it. Uh, you can text, I think it's Commitment Church at 77977, 77977. So we thank you so much because, again, our desire is to reach the world with the gospel. Uh, we want to lower our debt, right, because we're trusting God to pay off our mortgage. It would be really cool if we can do it before the year's out. But we want to also start saving uh, so that we can expand our reach 
with our edifice as well as our going into all the world. So lower debt so we can have more to go. Lower debt so we can have more to go. And I think our mortgage, we only have about uh, 130-some thousand dollars left on that, which is pretty cool. So uh, we thank you so much again for your generosity. And that's all I have to say with that. And I think we are done, right? So if you can stand to our feet and we're going to close out with our final uh, Christmas, Christmas song. this whole year, Father, we thank you for just covering us, protecting us. Father, we know that you send your angels, Father, from up above to us to protect us and to be with us, Father. So be with us now, Father, as we go to our homes or whatever we do today, Father, that you may continue to be with us. Speak your will to us, Father, and have your way in all of our hearts. Father, have your way in this world, Father. Use us, Father, so that we may bring peace and joy on this earth, Father, as we're here. We love you. We thank you in all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.